All right, well, good afternoon, everyone. My phone says it's 3 o'clock. For the purposes of the recording, it's July 24th, 2012. I'm Wes Fryer, and we're here to talk about mobile apps and curriculum for your class, and I'm excited to see there's a lot of interest in this. I've wanted to um, create mobile apps for a while, and this is actually the first opportunity that I've had to teach this workshop, so I am going to record an audio version of this, which I will make available and link on our same website. This address, which after this slide goes away, I've also handwritten there on the side, wfriar.me slash mapps, should forward you to the Google Doc that has all the resources that we'll be talking about and linking to today. And one of the things we noticed in earlier sessions, Internet Explorer wanted to put a www in front of that, so you may need to type the http colon slash slash, because there's not a www, it's just wfriar.me slash mapps. Um, how many of you have some kind of a mobile smartphone or tablet? How many folks have that? Okay, a lot of folks do. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself to your neighbor, and I want you to tell your neighbor your opinion just before I say anything about it. What do you think the advantage or benefit is of having an app for something instead of just going to a web page for something? Okay? You've got two minutes. Introduce yourself and talk about a benefit of having an app instead of just a website. Go. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, swap my plugs here and plug my iPad in because um, I'm going to show you the mobile app like I'm going to teach you how to create today first. Um, but before I even share my opinions and ideas, uh, what did you all talk about? Reasons for an app instead of a, a website for information. Easy to access, and if you downloaded it, you submitted it there. Okay. With a lot of apps, once you've downloaded it, you've got it. There are some apps, including the one I'll show you today, which will connect to the Internet to, to get. But it, so there's a couple different way apps. There are, there are web apps that are going to connect to the web, and then there are apps that are truly self-contained, like an e-book that, you know, you've downloaded it, you've gotten it. Um, ease of access. It can be real quick and easy to be able to click on that app. Um, what else? Well, that's what we are talking about, is like the setting up a loop app. Mm-hmm. We were more prone to use it because we could pull it up to where we wanted to go, and of course we didn't have to go through our email and go through all the So, with that being said, it'll be used more. <laughs> okay. A lot of times an app goes to a site that's been optimized for viewing on whatever device you open it up to, to so you're not, if you're like on an iPhone, you're not doing the expand, contract, thing, trying to read all the little parts of it, too. So a lot of websites are not mobile optimized, and um, I don't have it right. It's Technopalooza 2012. I have no idea. By the way, do you know that's so dangerous for me to do what I'm doing right now? What am I doing right now? Typing in an address that I haven't loaded first. In fact, it would be a good idea for me to disconnect from my projector, test, and make sure, you know, that it's going to open up. Why? Because you do not know what is going to come up. And even if you think you've got the right site, have you ever been to an event where somebody thought they were pulling up something? I was at um, a conference, and it wasn't whitehouse.com, whitehouse.gov, but, um, you know, they're very different, yeah. Um, but it was like that. It was for all the technology folks in um, our school district when I worked in, in the Lubbock schools. And, uh, you know, it was like a two-story two high projector screen that um, they were using. 
and uh, it was very embarrassing for the presenter. So while you may want to have everything open up really quick and just happen fast, it can be very beneficial to load it first. Okay, so I have it loaded. I'll plug my iPad back in. We'll wait a second. It should refresh, and it should appear. So um, I want you to think about this question, and, you know, th does anybody know what was used to create this mobile site? <laughs> That'd be a great question to ask. We'll have to ask Carla and the other organizers to find out. Um, the tool I'm going to show you how to use today is a free tool, and you can build it using your web browser, and it's going to have some limitations, but it's also going to have um, a lot of benefits. I'm going to show that app to you first, but I want you to think really hard about whether or not you want to build an app. My personal experience up to this point has been that a mobile-friendly website, which I'll show you examples of and talk about how to optimize to be mobile-friendly, is hugely beneficial. And any web page that you have, like this one that I've got loaded, I can go up to, on my iPad, my little box with the arrow out of it, my share button, I can click on that, and I can say, add to home screen. So that is going to let me put a title on it, change it if I want, click add, and then it's going to make a button that I can click on and go to that page. So when I'm teaching a class and we're using a card of iPads or students have iPads, I really believe we need a home-based site that we use and we go out to our curriculum and our activities and things like that. And so I, I want, it's going to be exciting, I think, to see the app. I am fired up about this. But I'm also going to talk about a mobile-friendly website, and I want, to, I want you to see that and know that you don't have to go through all these steps to get a button on your iPad that kids can click on. You can just do that from any website, and it's going to pop up and show the new version of that website. And just like today, all the resources and links are here. I can go in and edit and add and, you know, be able to um, add to my curriculum. Uh, with, and if you had downloaded the whole app and I made a change, you'd have to download it again, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be quite as fast a process. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to skip over mobile-friendly website, learning management system, and ebook and iTunes, and I'm going to go here to educational app builders. And there are two um, app builder sites that are free that I've used. And the first one is called the App Builder. And if you click on this graphic that says iPad Media Camp, I'm going to actually click and hold down my finger just like a right click. And I have a choice to open it in a new tab. That will leave my, my links over there and open it separately. This is going to open up, and this is the app. Now, this app will work not only on an iPad, but also on an iPhone, and on Android, and on Windows Phone. Um, it's, it's been optimized for that. And so the moment I open it, I have that button that says click here to add a link. So when I click here and I say add to home screen, similarly it lets me put a title on it, but it's got its own graphic that I've made myself and customized. And then when I click Add, again, it adds that button that is going to go to iPad Media Camp. But there's a difference. When I click the, the uh, first link that I made here, this is going to a Safari page, and it's going to just open Safari. You can see I have my Back button here. I've got my Bookmarks button here. You know, I am inside the Safari web browser. That's different now when I click on iPad Media Camp on this button because this is a true app. This is not just a web page, but it is a web app. 
So I have created this app um, to be able to get content from the Internet from different web pages, but I have created these buttons so that I can go to these different sections. So here the first page we've got is a little welcome. If we click on overview, it's going to load a page that has an embedded video that I could play. Um, and we'll go ahead and take a look at that so you can see how that looks. This is a little short video trailer um, my middle daughter helped me make about iPad Media Camp, which incidentally I'd love to do here in Dallas next summer. Now, depending on our internet connection speed and how fast um, our connection speed is, unlike an ebook, which can have the actual video inside the book downloaded, I don't have to wait. Here, I'm waiting for the website. iPad Media Camp is a three-day series of hands-on workshops designed to inspire and equip educators to facilitate student media projects using iPads. As an iPad Media Camper, you will be a full-time student in a blended digital classroom. In addition to learning specific media creation strategies with iPads, participants will also learn a variety of techniques for facilitating student media projects and managing student learning in a one-to-one -one environment. Okay, I'm not going to play the whole thing. But that video has played full screen on the iPad um, and it's an embedded video that is on a website that I've linked to. I've made another link that I called Apps, and I chose the little icon for it. I chose the little Apple icon. And so here are all the apps that we use during iPad Media Camp. And now here are the curriculum links. So here's the, the link for day one's curriculum. And I can scroll down here. If I click one of these links, like I go uh, click on the link to go to 60 Minutes, it's going to take me out of the app over to Safari, and take me to that particular website so that, it, and if, if it's, um, I don't know if that, that particular video is, is uh, iPad friendly, if I can play it, bless you. Um, but it's, it's taken me out of the app when I went to the link. To go back to the app, I'm going to double tap my home button, and that shows me all the recent apps that I've been running on my computer. And you can see here that it doesn't say Safari. It actually has the link to iPad Media Camp because it's treating this as a web app, and it takes me back to the beginning, and it's checking to see if there's any new content there. So that was the day one curriculum, um, which we learned to do narrated slideshows. Day two, we learned how to do quick edit video on the iPad. That was uh, the 45-minute session that I just did on how we can just do some, some quick little edits. You can also see that we've got videos embedded here and we can scroll up and down. The refresh, I've noticed, is a little bit slower on the page updating than it seemed like it would be on, on a, the website. Um, I went ahead and put in a gallery. These are options that you have to select of what you're going to put in, and you can scroll through these pictures, and there's a little eye that's on the side that gives you a description that you can put in about the picture. So this is a photo gallery that you can put in on um, your app. I, w I put in Twitter, and so it's showing the recent tweets that um, the iPad Media Camp account has sent out. The contact is just contact information, and then I went ahead and put a register link to give information about registration. So. This is an app that I created yesterday using iPad Media Camp's content that was already on the web. 
And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to switch, um, I'm going to switch my uh, connections here to go back to my laptop. I want you to talk at your table about what do you see as beneficial for you. If you were to create an app now that was going to be for your class, what are some of the things that you would want to put in here and do you have that content now that you could link? Or, you know, what would you start with? What do you think is going to be some of the most important information that you would put into an app if you would make one now? Okay, take about 60 seconds and talk about that. think would be most important to start with? What would you build if you were putting in content for your class now? That wasn't a hand. If your neighbor said something wonderful, you can volunteer them at this point. Okay. You've been volunteered to please share with the group. Hi. I did what would you What would you build? What would you put in first? We were thinking of using it um, instead of like a faculty handbook or information for a faculty to use it. Okay. Sure. Yep. Here's our student handbook and here's our different categories. Um, there's a, a uh, free service that schools can sign up for and our, uh, I'm working in Yukon schools now on a contract. It's called uh, School Connect. I'll do a little ad for them here. Not connected to them. Um, but the School Connect app lets you have your school with a free app um, and then people put in their location, and you can have all kinds of um, sports information, um, you know, announcements, things like that. Oklahoma City Public Schools is on it. Yukon Public Schools is on it. Um, it's a way for you to, without having to build your own app, you know, get your school on. And one of the things that we found, not surprisingly, was immediately hundreds of people downloaded it and were accessing it. And we had metrics for that to be able to see, you know, how many folks were, were accessing it. Um, one of the things we linked on our UConn site actually was our learning showcase blog. And, you know, folks could not only learn about our athletics, but learn about our academics as well. Other ideas for what you might put into an app if you, if you build one. What about your class? Let's think academics as far as, you know, students. What would you put in content-wise for students that you'd want in an app? Well, I mean, your lessons itself. I mean, we've been looking at the screencasts and some of the other options that you have. 
Okay. Breaking down those lessons so they can go through each unit. Okay. And if those kids that are accelerating can look ahead and see what's going on. A way for students to quickly get to video that they could watch on a, on a portable device. Okay. We can put stuff on the web and have those links, but being able to say, go to our app, if you click on tutorials, it's going to be the third video. That's a different sort of step process than saying, okay, you know, go to my website, www, whatever. They could do that, but it might make it faster, and especially for being able to see video content, that could really be big because, I mean, here we've got screens in our pockets. Not everyone has them. You know, they're not, everyone doesn't have one, but for those that do, that can be a powerful way to deliver curriculum. Other thoughts about content that you put into your app? working on creating an app for financial responsibility for third grade. You know, our kids do their class job, they get paid for it, their rent for their debt comes out of it. Mm. And so it would be really neat to be able to put that process in. Just like here, we've got day one, day two, day three for that financial literacy project. If they've got some different activities that they do, you could structure that and set that up in stages, and then they could refer to that on their app, and they could go to it and, okay, you guys are, are, are done with phase one. Now let's go to phase two and see what you need to do next. So it could be a way to break down a project and activities and, and have students be able to do that. Okay, well... What I'm going to do now is go ahead and um, we'll show you a couple things. At the top, underneath curriculum delivery options, I, have, I say Jared Robinson, Mr. Robo, is the guru of educational app development. I met Jared in Shanghai a couple years ago at a conference, and he is in Australia. He is a PE teacher, and he wrote this post in March, Make Your Own App in Minutes. Now, I'm going to say that it didn't just take minutes. <laughs> this took me three hours, the one we just saw. It took me three hours yesterday to create that. Um, but that is a pretty phenomenal um, a pretty phenomenal amount of time to spend to create an app. Let me see how our YouTube does, and I'll just I'll play a little bit of this video. This is longer than we'll probably play. Hi, everyone. Just thought I'd share with you um, how you can make your own iPhone application or Android or even Windows phone, for that matter, uh, for your classes or for any of your web content um, in a matter of minutes and be able to use it and preview it. Or hours. <laughs> the website is theappbuilder.com. And you start by giving it a name. Now, for the purpose of this demo, I'm going to make an app that I already have that exists uh, for my own blog and everything. And that's now, a very easy classroom uh, very easily by linking in all these components that make up your class. For the purpose of this, you go ahead and you select the elements you would like in your app. Now, I would like a RSS feed. Uh, YouTube videos, I would like a web page in within there, a Twitter account, and I would also like a... Okay, so I'm going to pause that. That's a nice video tutorial that Jared has made. Um, his website that he's created is called the PE Geek Apps, and um, actually he has... Um, getting a fair bit of income. I don't know exactly how much, um, but, but from his apps. I mean, he's a PE teacher in Australia, and he's selling PE apps worldwide, and he's made apps in a couple different ways. Um, but, so there's different levels of interest to look at this, why this is an exciting thing to, to think about. Um, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go ahead and open up the App Builder and show you what that interface looks like and 
I'm going to click on Manage My Apps and see if it still has me signed in. Be very, very careful whenever you put in a password on a screen. Why? You may not be in the password field, right? And if you're on an iPad, it shows the first character when you are typing. So never have your iPad plugged in to be able to show your screen when you are um, typing a password. And, and just be really, really careful <clears throat> whenever you're on a screen putting a password. It's best to be logged in before you, um, you know, are, are on the projector showing this to students. So <clears throat> let's go ahead and open up the app that I created. And then I'm going to start one from scratch and show you how that works. So I have different sections to my app, and this is a, a relatively simple interface where I can't have a, a, a parent screen with child screens. Everything is at the bottom, and I just click, and they, they show up there at the top. So I have a welcome screen, overview, there's apps, day one. And you can see that most of these are web sections. This one's different. It's a gallery. One of the things I would encourage you to do if you are thinking about building an app is to build content on a website that you can link uh, to because uh, for what I've seen so far, the easiest way to get your content into a web app is to already have it online, to already have it on a website. Um, it is possible to put in you know, content, um, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be nearly I don't know. It just seems easier to me to think about linking a web page rather than um, putting all the content in from scratch. So let me show you um, what this looks like um, from the beginning. I'm going to Google uh, Scratch Camp Oklahoma, see what comes up, see if it, our first, yep, okay, so our first site that comes up is the Google site that we used two weeks ago for Scratch Camp. And this is a Google site, and we've got curriculum for each day of our camp. So day one, what is Scratch? There's a video. Um, you know, here's our first activity that we did. This is the curriculum that we used for camp, and it's already on web pages, so that's going to make it pretty uh, straightforward for me to, to add these within the app. So let's kind of step through this process. I've already created an account, and so now I'm going to click Create an App. And it says, enter your app name. So I'm going to call this uh, Scratch Camp. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and just, well, I don't think I'll put a space in it. iPad Media Camp wouldn't all fit if it had um, spaces. So now we choose the wizard. What kind of thing do we want to uh, do? These are the most popular things. If we were doing a business site, if we were going to be doing an event, so you could even do an app for a birthday party, for a conference event um, like we're doing today. You've got a different group, um, you know, soccer team, uh, whatever, band. Underneath education, it says subject, expert, school, university, college, or report. So students could even make one of these for a report that they're going to do and have their app that they would turn in. I'm going to choose subject, expert, and click on next. And um, then I'm going to go ahead and click next, and it's going to build the app. What it's going to do is it's going to basically guess on the sections that I want, and then it's going to let me edit them. So I've already been through this wizard. Now I'm ready for step two to edit my app. So it has put in a welcome screen. It has got uh, section one, section two, section three, image gallery, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, ask a question, and a contact page. So the steps for creating your app are over here on the side. We are going to be editing these different sections, doing some customization, and then we're going to go live with our app. 
Now, Web Builder, in the in the way that I'm creating this app, um, allows us to the app builder to create what's called a web app that's going to connect online to content. And so um, when I click on pricing here, you can see that, yes, there is this free option, and this is what I'm doing, but I can't actually put this in the app store with the free option. They are going to charge me $500 to download all the code that I would then send to the app store. And then if I want to make edits and changes to it, there are going to be some costs involved with being able to do that, being able to do different app updates. But what I'm showing you today is completely free, doesn't require you to pay them any money, and it doesn't require you to pay Apple money and then wait for their approval. So you've got to get the link to students so they can click on it and add it to their iPhone or iPad or Android or whatever. <clears throat> but it's not a downloadable app that is going to be inside the store for them to be able to download um, and, and buy that way, um, even if it is for free. So. Um, We'll talk about Buzz Touch a little bit as well, but this, what we're, we're, we're really creating is an HTML5 web app that is going to function as a web app on, on your device, but it's not going to be able to go into the store unless I, I spend money, which at this point I haven't done and I'm not, I'm not wanting to do. So um, I'm going to um, make a couple graphics, and while um, I do that, I'm going to give you a chance to talk about um, these sections and what we've discussed so far as far as how this works. What questions do you have? What do you think about what I've shown you so far? Take 90 seconds and talk to your neighbor about what you've seen with the app builder so far. Okay, comments or questions so far? No, it's very fun. One of the things that I found doing this is it was really important to have a program that would let me do stuff with graphics because you're going to want to have graphics on your app. And so on our web page for today, our mobile app curriculum, at the bottom I have put a couple links that I called helpful graphic and photo editing software programs. I haven't had Photoshop, which is like a $700 program, for like seven years since I worked for a university. And I have used free tools for graphic editing, and I've been able to get by pretty well. This one is one called the GIMP, and I've got the um, download link. And the GIMP was, um, well, it didn't have a Mac version, and now it does. It's called GIMP on OS X if you use a Mac. The program that I'm going to be using um, right now is called Seashore, and it is a version of GIMP, I think, that's made for um, the Mac. But uh, I need to have something that can help me create graphics. Now, I have used a website, and I did for my uh, Scratch Camp logo, uh, called cooltext.com, and it's a way to create text and be able to um, readily um, you know, just have some different effects and things. The animation stuff may not work um, on a still image. I think you're going to have to have a still one. But anyway, you're going you're gonna to need something that's going to let you create some, um, some graphics, and you're going to want to capture them. Um, I need to link this program. This is one of my favorite Mac graphic programs. It's called Skitch. And it lets me just drag a box around and, and make a screenshot. Windows 7 actually does a nice job of um, putting... Um, your, there's a, a, the snipping tool, I think is what it's called, to be able to do that. 
because what I, I'm going to need to do here on my welcome screen when I first click this and edit it is I'm going to need to pick an image that I would like to have on my welcome screen. Now it recommends, it, and I'll zoom in here so you can see this, maybe. We recommend you upload image 1024 by 1024 pixels in size. So when we say make an app, do it in a couple minutes, I mean, you know, do you have your stuff ready? You know, if you've got your graphics ready, you've got your web pages ready, you know, you have your YouTube channel or whatever things you want to put in, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a little disingenuous to say, hey, in a couple minutes, you know, you've got your app. Uh, it, it, that all depends on how ready you are. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a graphic um, that is going to be 1024 by 1024 in size, and um, I'm going to make it um, my splash image for my, for my app. So this is the Seashore app, and you can see, you know, I may, this is the banner I did for my website where I've got these different layers. Um, Rachel actually did my artwork for iPad Media Camp on a little um, app called Brushes. And um, I've just, you know, got these put together. There's my cool text that I brought in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say I want a new image from the pasteboard, and I just got the Scratch logo. And, of course, copyright issues are going to come up with this. And if we were going to do something proprietary, um, you know, we're going to – there are issues whenever we're publishing things with, that relate to copyright. Which, by the way, the copyright chapter of my book is available free online on my website. And you can also download my book. I'll put that uh, code up again. And um, copyright is a very important thing for us to talk about in the context of creating with media. I'm going to go now to my image boundaries. And how big did it say it wanted it to be? Okay, 1024 by 1024. So I'm going to go ahead and set my image boundaries to be 1024 by 1024 set. And so I think I did that wrong. Let me try again. I just What I may not have done is actually gone outside that last box or clicked away. And so it's going to adjust, there we go, my image so that... Um, I've got my Scratch logo there in the middle, and there it says Scratch. Now I can go ahead and bring in some other things. Um, I went ahead um, and brought um, used cool text to create this little logo that says Scratch Camp. And so I'm going to uh, copy that and paste that as a new layer, and then I'm going to move that um, wherever I want it to go, Scratch Camp. I think I'm also going to save this graphic um, as something, well, which I'll be able to put at the top. I don't know if you noticed on the app, but it had something at the very top of the app all the time that was like a banner, and so I might use that a little bit later. Um, I'm also going to bring in some graphics. So, and I haven't been to Flickr yet. Hopefully it's open. And I've got, I've got some pictures of Scratch Camp. Again, copyright is going to come up here, and having permission, one of the things that our Scratch Campers did was sign a permission form that authorized us, just like you would for the school district, um, to utilize photographs. And so I'm going to copy some of these pictures, and what I'm doing is making a little collage. <laughs> okay, how long could I spend doing this? A long time. So, you know, it says, here, do this in a couple minutes. Um, it, may, it may take a while, and it just... It just depends, right, how long I'm going to spend doing my graphics. But I need some kind of a splash screen, 
And so you're going to want to use some kind of a graphic program. Know that there are free programs available to do this. I'm going to just go ahead and go with what I have here and save it. But I could spend more time, obviously, making this fancier if I wanted to. I'm going to save this on the desktop, and I'm going to save this in two versions. I'm going to call this uh, Splash, and it's going to save it, as you see, as a GIMP image. Photoshop saves in Photoshop format. GIMP programs save in GIMP format. That's got a different extension. It's not a .doc. But what I'm going to be putting into my, scrap, my app is not going to be a GIMP image. It's either going to be a JPEG or a PNG. And PNG images have the advantage of having transparency and being able to um, uh, see through them. So anyway, it's a different, different one. So now I can uh, go ahead and say, welcome to Scratch. Well, I think I'll just say welcome. This is what it's going to actually say at the bottom of my app. I can change the icon, and so it's very nice that they've got all these different icons that we can choose for um, what we want for our different sections. Um, I think I'll probably just go ahead and stick with uh, welcome for that uh, first one. And now I'm going to change my choose my image, and this is where I select the image that I've made. So one of the things that you would want to do um, you know, in advance is you're going to want to create your graphics and something that I don't have on our page but I'll go ahead and list on there are the different images that I created because I think there were probably about eight different images that I had to create um, for, for the app um, to be able to use it. So this says welcome to my app. I'm going to say welcome to Scratch Camp and please use this Scratch Camp uh, curriculum um, to learn about this wonderful program. Okay, whatever I want to say. And I go ahead and click Save. So it is possible. Oops. What do we do now? Try again. <laughs> Not sure why it had that saving problem. We'll go ahead and give it another try. Maybe possible that my internet connection went down. So, nope, oh, my internet connection's up. Yeah, sorry about that. We may not have wanted to head, look at headlines. Okay, now it's saved. So it has now saved that section, and it is there um, with, with that graphic um, loaded up. What I can do now is continue on and edit my sections. Now, I didn't really get too impressed with the sections. Um, what they allow you to do is basically have a graphic uh, if you want to put a date, a title, and a description. So this would be a way, I guess, that if you wanted to block out activities, for instance, you had a financial literacy project that maybe you all were going to do, you could have a picture that you were going to display, and it could, you know, say step one, and then you could describe what step one is. This would be if you wanted to build the content of your app here inside App Builder. But in my case, I've already got curriculum over on these web pages, so I'm not going to use this option. I'm going to go back to editing my sections, and I'm going to delete these by clicking on um, the little red arrow here to delete these sections. So you don't have to use the wizard to build your app. You can um, just have an, an empty app that it, that it starts with and you fill in. But if you select a wizard, then it's going to basically pre-populate your app with some different sections that it thinks would be helpful for you to use. You don't have to stick with just these. You can add a new section, and that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to have a new section, and I'm just going to call this Day 1. And I have to choose what the section type is. 
Here's where you see the limitations of this kind of a web building app because I only have these, what, uh, 12 choices. Simple is like that home page that's just a picture with text. List you just saw, which has picture, date, title, and description. Gallery is photographs that I can put in, like I showed. Contact information. Feedback would just be an email. Um, I tried to put a Google form in there, and it didn't, um, it didn't work to do that. I can link out to a Google form on another page, but it didn't work for me to put it inside the app. RSS, YouTube, Twitter. I'm going to choose this option called web page, and this is going to let me simply put a link in that the app is going to load. So this is going to be curriculum for Scratch Camp. Uh, maybe we're going to we'll do a little chemistry metaphor because we're going to be uh, mixing stuff up. You can choose whatever graphic you want. Remember, that's the graphic that will actually appear on your app. And I'll go ahead and click Save. Now it's going to let me put content into that, um, into, onto that button. So I'm going to go to my Scratch Camp Day 1 page, and I'm going to go ahead and copy the address here and I'm going to paste it into this link and save it. So I now have, as my last icon, a chemistry bottle, and it says day one, and it links to that web page. I can go ahead and use my arrows to move that up. Remember, this is a very simple interface where you can't even do a parent menu that's going to have multiple, um, you know, Submenus, everything, the menus is there at the bottom uh, for you to change. I'm going to go ahead and click on gallery, and I'm going to um, just use some pictures that I had created yesterday because I didn't get some separate ones for Scratch Camp. Again, uh, thinking about building this, you need to basically have, have your ducks in a row and get your stuff prepared. So if you were going to do a web gallery, you'd, like I did here, I had six different pictures. Here are my pictures, and I can load those up and put in descriptions to go with each one. I don't know that there's a limit to how many pictures that you have. For some reason, it was just giving me a little error there, and I tried again. So I can go ahead and add these additional pictures. I can add another item, and then when I'm done, I can say Save, and then that's going to be available to me in my gallery. I'll go ahead and go to YouTube. One thing that disappointed me here with this particular tool was the options. It only lets me put in a username for a YouTube channel. I wanted to be able to list specific videos. Here's, my, here's the video trailer for iPad Media Camp. Here's you know, this next video. It didn't let me do that. So. It's, there's a limitation here, but if you've got a teacher channel on YouTube, you could put in your, your channel. In fact, I'm going to do that because I have a separate channel that I created for, uh, for UConn called Coach Fryer, I think. All right. And so these are videos that I have um, uploaded to that separate YouTube channel. So I'll go ahead and put, in, put that in and save it. So now people will be able to go visit that. That's the process of building your app in terms of your different sections. So you need to think about what do I want to put in my app, what are my different sections, and then also do I want to build this content here inside App Builder or do I want to make a web page that I'm just going to link and it's going to show inside the app. That's the way I did the app for iPad Media Camp and I think that 
um, was certainly the fastest way for me to be able to build this. Uh, it's just going to kind of depend on your situation. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go to our third step, which is called Customize. This gives me a chance to change the icon and the splash screen. Now it asks me for more graphics. It's asking me for a logo, and it recommends 512 by 512. What I'm going to do is I'm going to um, open up an image from my desktop. I'll copy this. Uh, I'll copy this picture again, and I've got to make it sized 512 by 512. So um, that is going to have an aspect ratio of, of one to one. Um, I, there's a cropping tool that I have to be able to edit my video or my uh, my picture, and so I'm going to constrain my proportions so that it's going to be square, all right, and click crop. And now what I want to do is I want to scale my image, um, and I could make it 512. It's going to stretch it out a little bit if I do that. <coughs> but there's a 512 by 512 um, image, and that's going to become my graphic. If I wanted to put um, Splash Camp on it, this is a nice technique with different image editors. You can change opacity, okay? So I can make that um, be a, like a ghosted image where it's not, you know, fully bright. I've, I've changed the opacity, so I'll ratchet that down to about 36%. And then um, I'll copy this uh, scratch camp graphic and bring that in. Okay, so this is, my, this is my button for my app, okay? And I've got to save that as another image. I'll make that a PNG, and I'll call that um, app icon. So you can see how the image editing part of this and putting these images together, that's an important part. And another thing that you may be learning how to do is how to work with an image editor and edit some graphics and bring some things in. Here's my app icon, and I can bring that in. And there's Scratch Camp, and that opacity slider is really nice to be able to take a picture like that but not make it fully um, opaque, you know, kind of ratchet that down. So I'll go ahead and save that. And now it's going to ask me for splash screens. And this was the most frustrating thing because I was like, what? I don't want to make all those. <clears throat> but it asks me for different sized images for different devices because a Windows phone wants a 480 by 800 image and an iPhone 3 wants a 320 by 480, all this. So I'm, again, just going to go back to the um, app project that I worked on before. <clears throat> and I'm going to I'm going to bring in the bring in the different splash screens. So this was the Windows Phone image. This was the iPhone 3 image. And these were all sized differently. This was the iPhone 4 image. And these are just different different sizes that it said those devices need. It's a little bit crazy. Okay. Um, let me also mention that one of the things you could certainly do is uh, enlist the help of students to help build your app, right? And these specifications for having these graphics, it's not a rocket science thing. It's just this is the size it needs to be. You could have a team of students that would help you do that. So now that my branding images are uploaded, 
Um, I could um, do some additional customization if I wanted to. Um, this banner image, it recommends 640 by 88. This is the one that I mentioned I might do here, uh, 640 by 88. So I'm going to make my height 88, and then I'm going to size this, the image boundary. So it's 88 by, what did it say? Thank you. 640 to make this wider. Okay, and I'm going to call this my banner. So I'm going to export this and call that banner. And so now I'm going to change this image. Go to my desktop folder and upload Scratch Camp and save it. <clears throat> I could also do some other things with banners and colors and descriptions, but basically I'm going to be done for now. Um, you might want to put a web address, you know, in your app or any other information, keywords that people might find. This isn't this isn't really going to be indexable because I'm not putting it on a store. But now I'm ready for the last step. Go live, okay? Your live HTML5 web app is now available with the link below. And so what I'm going to do so that you can click on this app is I'm going to go back to our page where I have all of our resources. Because this is my Google site, I can log into it and I can edit it. And I'm going to click the link to edit and add add this link. I'll put this right below the iPad Media Camp one, and I'll make it big, and it'll say click here to download the Scratch Camp app, all right? <coughs> so again, when you think about how are you going to get your students to download your app that you've created, if you are on that page and you click reload or refresh, you should now see it. How are you going to get the app to your kids? Well, probably by having the link that they're going to go to. It's possible to use QR codes, and one of the things that you may have noticed at the top of my handout is I've been using more QR codes in sessions that folks can link to um, and be able to scan. And that would be a way we could make, and that's free, there are free websites to make QR codes that you scan, and then it takes you to the web link. I reloaded my page, so now I can scroll down, and it says, click here to download the Scratch Camp app. So I'm going to click on it, and, oops, I'm going to do that. I'm going to open it in a new tab. Huh, I wonder why it still says expert there at the top. I wonder if I didn't say publish. Did I skip a step? I don't know. Let me go ahead and add it to my home screen and say add. Is it coming up? Okay, because this would be a very anticlimactic end. <laughs> and here we've been working for 30 minutes on this silly app, and it doesn't even work. Okay, yay, look. I, all right, maybe I'm going to have to go in and change my banner graphic because it doesn't look like it's saved. Maybe I forgot to save. And did you did yours come up where it shows the buttons at the bottom? Yeah. Yay! Why is mine not working? Does yours say expert at the top, or does it say... Really? Well, why am I? I feel cheated. Um, one of the things that I noticed uh, troubleshooting this was I didn't find a way to, like, click reload inside the app. So... Um, 
what I ended up doing was deleting the app. So I would delete that by holding down my finger here, closing it, and then same thing here, holding down my finger, clicking delete, delete it, and I'll just try and try and load it again or refresh it and see if it loads. Mine's loading the scrap the uh, <coughs> the first screen's loading okay, but huh? Can I borrow your iPad real quick? One of the nice things about using the oops, sorry, about using the mirroring or is this iPad one or yeah. two? Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Um, if you're using one of the mirroring options too, is you can have stuff. You can go ahead and have you know students mirror to be able to share their screen, and it should work where you're able to plug in and see theirs. Yay! So here it is. So we've got day one. There's our curriculum that we can scroll through. We only put like two, one picture in the gallery. Um, YouTube. Okay. There's all the videos on the channel. That's about it. So um, I did not have time. Thank you very much. I didn't really have time to show you other links at the top, but um, apps sound really sexy and it sounds really cool. And oh my gosh, I want to make an app. Wouldn't that be awesome? But just having a website where you have updated curriculum and links is a very huge first step. And you know, you can take this leap into app development, and I am excited about it, and my wheels are turning thinking about possibilities. But I'm really seeing the benefit of having that website that has those links. And then maybe the app is another way for students to go to it. But step one for me has been to create a website, and in my case on Google Sites, where you know, students are linking to curriculum. All right. Well, thank you very much for your attention, and good luck making apps. Technology will you be reminded.